Just when you thought the horror of the past year was coming to an end, here we are to remind you that there are still people in the world as stupid as ourselves, pushing shit opinions into your ears. It's season two, it's episode nine. Welcome to Talk Nerdy To Me. Hooray! Hooray. Yeah. It's podcast yeah. time! <sighs> Okay, so in Little the... Turtlestein. <laughs> I don't care what universe you come from, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> so uh, in today's show, um, we're actually gonna we're gonna take a break from our normal habits and come over all thoughtful and interesting. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, but we are gonna pit the TV's greatest sci-fi shows each other in uh, round one of the Sci-Fi World Cup. Um, before we do that, we're also, um, I'm going to take on the role of Games Master and pose the questions none of you have been dying to Dungeon ask. Master? Uh, Dungeon Master! <laughs> no, 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 Games Master. He's going to morph into... Um, Dominic uh, Diamond. Yeah, Dominic Diamond. He's <laughs> yeah. no, oh, right. going to morph into Patrick Moore with a monocle. Yeah, yeah. A disembodied <laughs> head. And, ask us, <laughs> and give us some cheats. Yeah um anyway uh yeah so basically um we'll get onto the structure of that in a little while um but before we do that we're going to do some prattling and before we do that i'm going to introduce our panel so uh first up there's me obviously hi there you go i'm me um i never you know i could say something awful about myself but i don't want to i will do that later yeah. yeah uh right first up He's a slimy piece of worm-ridden filth, a laser brain, a golden rod, an overweight glob of grease, and of course, a stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. It's Daisy. Hey. Oh, I generally thought you were going to go Finny then. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I, I was pretty convinced that was a description. <laughs> yeah. of we needed one of us. Uh, I'd, yeah. have, I'd have preferred scruffy-looking nerf hoarder. But... Yeah, well, especially the shell. But that guy actually has a YouTube channel, so it's not me. Okay, next up, <laughs> I asked. And next up, I asked the court, look at this man. This man who sat and failed his astro-navigation exam on no less than 13 occasions. This sad man, this pathetic man, this joke of a man, it's Finney. Hey. You, you filled up your own lines then, Jason. <laughs> Is that, no, I've stolen all of my insults from uh, various places. Red Dwarf. Uh, Red Dwarf, yeah, it is indeed. Black Adam. No. Uh, no. And finally, um, he's short, his belly button sticks out too far, and he's a terrible burden on his poor mother. It's Tom! Hooray! <laughs> uh, lies, damn lies. Uh, I'm an innie, not an outie. Get over Are it. You? That's yeah. good. Um, right. Okay. So um, before we get on to the actual nuts and bolts of the show, should we uh, do some prattling, gents? Prattle stations. Who's got things to prattle about this week? I don't particularly, except to say that I'm still watching WandaVision and still really enjoying it, although I haven't seen episode seven yet. I'm saving it for... I, I, I'm fully <laughs> up to date with WandaVision, so... <clears throat> That's a good away. segue, because I wanted to have a quick chat about episode five, specifically the ending of episode five. Okay, um, what I'll, happened at the end of episode five, Daisy? Episode five. Uh, there was a knock at the door. Sorry, spoiler alert, I haven't seen WandaVision episode spoiler. five. This is a major spoiler. spoiler alert, there are doors in the show. Yeah, there are doors in the show. There's people in the show. There's knocking on doors from people in the show. So sorry to spoil that. Um, so at the end of episode five, there was a certain knock at the door and a certain um, character answered the door and then opened it to another certain character. Um, and I think Don't get it's not, nothing's been confirmed yet, but Disney and Marvel are setting themselves up for either the biggest home run hit 
of all time with that little uh, cameo at the end, or they are really baiting the fans into a ha 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 fooled you. Because they, not, well, I was surprised when Quicksilver was there, and I'm like, oh, why haven't they chosen the original guy from the films? Because I quite like him. And then my brain started ticking. I'm like, hang on, no, he's the guy from the Fox. He's from the Fox Network. Yes. So Marvel have got a Fox actor into this show. Holy fuck, he's a mutant. Holy fuck, he's the son of Magneto. Holy fuck, we might be getting the X-Men and mutants in the MCU. Boom. Boom. That blew my mind. That's almost as big in my head as the um, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker appearance in The Mandalorian. That was really But upsetting. obviously none of that's been confirmed yet. That's just, that's all still up potential up in the air. Might happen, might not happen. But I think Dis- uh, Disney and Marvel, if they don't do that in some way or the other, maybe with the Doctor Strange movie as well, with the Multitudes of Madness, mm-hmm. that's going to be a big faux pas on their part, I think, if they don't do something like that. See, I, think, well, I think they're definitely setting up for that. And I think even if it turns out that... Um, that the actor's playing someone slightly different to Quicksilver, because there are some hints that maybe it's not actually Quicksilver, because obviously, spoiler alert, Quicksilver died. Um, it, it, it raises interesting questions as to what might be going on and why Evan Peters is playing that character yeah. when it's also played Quicksilver. So, yeah, yeah it, it's a bit kind of, what the... I mean, yeah, I mean, regardless, they still, they've still got a Fox actor onto a Marvel show, so that's, that's pretty cool, even yeah. if... I'm hoping because I, I, I mean, I, I did say a couple of podcasts ago, I want the X Men films. I correctly said I want the X Men films that redone, at least in some part, and hopefully that'll bulldozed over, buried, and then <laughs> yeah. so, sewn new stories and uh, onto yeah. them, and then lovingly regrown into some films that you don't hate. Yes, precisely. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. I, th- I I don't know what to make of um, of the appearance of uh, the the other Quicksilver. I thought it was fascinating and hilarious. But I've no idea what they're going to do with it. I wonder if it's. I mean, it could be. It could be like a sort of Inception level, sort of layered, uh, kind of joke slash reference to something crazy that's going on in in Wanda's mind, couldn't it? I mean, everything apart from Vision is either being directly controlled by her or created by her mm-hmm. in that world. So is it is it even actually? I'm I'm not actually convinced it is actually him in any meaningful sense i think maybe maybe it's an imposter of some sort in 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 wanda's world but i don't know who that would be i did hear some rumors that ultron might actually make a, an appearance in the wandavision series mm-hmm. but maybe it's something to do with that but it, that's it's wild flailing speculation mm. um but it, it's really I, I think it's a really enjoyable show and i'm i'm just very look very much looking forward to seeing it's, what happens next because it's a good mystery yeah i mean it's it's certainly ramping up uh from the first three episodes definitely i'm really enjoying it now oh good Excellent. yeah no it's good it's it's really taking a, a turn isn't it it's yeah and it's it's got everyone talking and asking questions and not knowing what's going on and that is you know good tv yes i like it we like it nice um, uh, prattles that, that that was a fun prattle it was a very convivial prattle any other prattles rich have you got anything that you would like to say absolutely nothing no okay. <laughs> goodness for that nothing um, of value all right I, I've, I've <laughs> that's very... your imd imdb page yeah. <laughs> nothing <laughs> of value something of value uh, very business very card. thing from me um first of all just a big shout out to um to daniel fitch who um Daniel Fitch, Daniel Hitch, who did our last trailer. Um, it sounded yeah. really cool. I don't know if you guys heard it. It yeah, was cool. uh, quite fun. Um, 
And uh, the other thing, uh, Tom, you, you've kind of hinted that you know the answer to this. <gasps> I'm currently reading The Expanse Book 4. Yes. I'm about halfway through it. Okay. Does it get better? Because it's not the best book so far. Oh man, look! I mean, we 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 vaguely touched on this, didn't we, in our um in our in our our chatting. I liked the fourth book and the fourth season, and in in, in a, amongst a I lot of season, a lot of it. Well, okay, but amongst a lot of Expanse fans, I feel I'm in the minority in both on both counts, uh, wow. because a lot of people seem to think that the book is a major diversion an unwelcome diversion from what's happening in the the rest of the solar system and the rest of the the story and that doesn't really mean anything or go anywhere and i disagree with all of that uh, yeah i don't think that i just think um <clears throat> i think part of the problem for me is that the the point of view characters that, that are in the book are not that interesting and they're also you know at least two of the point of view characters in the book are not in the show which is fine when they do something like, you know, they give parts of those storylines to um, to drummer or someone like that. But um, yeah, it just, it doesn't seem to go anywhere. And I think that the, the one of the characters they've got in both shows, so Elvia Coy, um, the, the scientist who yep. in the show, I thought was a really good character, um, really well played, really well drawn as well. But in the book seems a little bit, um, she's, she's extremely clever. She's a scientist. Um, she's, She's always looking to do the right thing, but every other kind of sentence is punctuated by, but isn't James Holden dreamy? And it kind of gets a bit... Ugh. I think all I can say is that... Uh, I think all I can really say, Jason, is that I read the book first and I mm. had no issue with it. And it sounds to me like what <clears throat> what's happening here is that you've seen the series and brought those expectations to yeah. the book and are therefore finding it um baggy and, and cluttered for, for for that reason having consumed them the other way around i had no i personally had no problems like that that said as i already mentioned lots of people uh, i've talked to have said that the book is their least favorite and mm. more or less that they just want to get back to the the, the main big storyline uh, i disagree with those those comments i think that season four and book four are, are all all lead to very interesting and exciting things that um that are an important part of the of the expanse story yeah. world i've got no idea i've got no problem with the storyline I, I really enjoyed season four um but yeah I, I, I don't know um I'm, I'm still reading it i'm halfway through it i'm gonna get through it and then uh i'm really looking forward to nemesis games because if the book is anywhere half as good as the fifth season dear god that's going to be a good book well let's talk again when you get to book seven because that's when it starts to get real crazy oh really oh cool. yes next one is right that's that that's entirely my pattern um shall we move on to the main event then so let me just quickly check through my notes to make sure i'm back in the right place yeah let me just check through my own notes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right i'll check my notes la 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 yep perfect <laughs> nailed it so is this uh, is this a fight to the death? Is there one winner of this? Or there is there is one winner. Um, Three nerds enter. Oh, yeah, oh, I, was I was going there. <laughs> Damn it! Except I was going to say four because I'm an idiot. One prick. <laughs> one prick to rule them all. <laughs> and in the darkness. And in the alone. podcast. <laughs> fart, okay, right. Fart them. Let, let fail, me fail them. Fail them. Let yes. me tell you a little bit about 
how this is going to work. So obviously, as you know, um, I've kind of stolen this format from a Saturday morning Radio 5 um, game show format, um, which is predominantly about sports. Mm. But we've taken away the sports aspect because Finney doesn't know how to spell it, uh, let alone what they are. Um, and we're instead going to um, go for our own universe. So the questions I'm going to ask, all of your answers must come from the general fictional geeky universe. There can be absolutely anything. Though. It can be TV, films, books, computer games, tabletops, uh, or even your own personal Twilight fan fiction. You know, what, what absolutely anything you want. Okay. In terms of scoring, okay, the scoring is carried out entirely by me, uh, and it's pretty much arbitrary, I'm going to be honest. It's like QI scoring. Um, you'll get points for being interesting, witty, and succinct. Uh, you'll lose points if you're being you know, obvious, boring, or waffly, uh, which is why I'm being the games master and not actually taking part, because I would lose all my points for all of those things. And uh, yeah, so I can award or deduct points pretty much however I wish. Tom, uh, I'll use Tom as an example of, uh, of how points can be awarded. Uh, so... I always think we should make Tom an example. Yeah, make an yeah. example. <laughs> Recently, Tom spent some of his hard-earned money on sending me a little gift, an entertaining book on podcasting. So straight away... Tom gets three points. Nepotism. Um, yeah. Three yeah. points for critiquing your style. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, he also loses the same three points for being such a whiny sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah, so you're all on zero points. Giveth, he taketh away. Exactly. Um, I don't make the rules, except I do. And what's this segment called? Has it got a name? I'm calling it Talk Nerdy to Me. Talk nerdy to me. Okay, fine. Yeah, because All that's right. literally what I want to do. Right. I'm going to be straight over to our panel. And in honor of today's real world inspiration, real world inspiration, what is the greatest sporting moment in the fictional world? Daisy, let's start with you. Okay. Well, I've got a couple of honorable mentions because I, I had three moments that stuck in my mind. Um, one was the light, the light cycle racing in Tron, which is pretty cool. Um, the Anbu Jitsu Riker in a gladiator costume was the crossover I never knew I needed until I saw it. Um, <laughs> but the main one for me, uh, and it's going to take one minute and 29 seconds um, of audio joy uh, oh. to explain this. And if you want to dance on screen to this or at home while you're listening, I thoroughly encourage it. Um, I don't need to describe what it is because this is the best sporting moment in all of sci fi. It's the Flash Gordon American football scene in Mean Merciless' throne room. <laughs> Gordon's alive! Go, Flash, go! Go, Flash, go! Uh, and this bit. And this is done by Queen as well, so... It is indeed. Um, you definitely get a point for uh, for any references to Queen, um, who I absolutely adore. Oh, uh, it. We don't need to listen to all of it. No, no, that was, uh, that was very good. Um... So, point to Daisy. Rich, can you beat that? Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so I'm going with the the entirety of the Running Man Championship from the Running Man. That's um, good. Because, uh, you know, it involves death, 
involves people uh, being sort of persecuted, tortured on live television, all things Ooh. which, um, you know, are, are, are good, um, sort of uh, good for, for getting a good old audience up. Um, I'd actually quite like to see it uh, recreated on uh, UK TV. Um, <laughs> may, maybe toned down slightly, so may, maybe not actual killing, but, you know, I'd, you know, I'd love to see, I don't know, Prince Andrew chased through the streets by a chainsaw-wielding maniac or, I don't know, <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson being 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 thrashed with a snowball cannon, for example. Um, I think you know it, the stakes are, are the highest they can be in that championship, and um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going for that. It's uh, it's all about it's all about the spectacle. I, I like the way that there are you know there are sort of bosses in it. They you know they put they kind of put video game bosses in it. So we could we could um, you know maybe we could be some of the bosses in the in the in the 2021 Running Man. I, I could be. I like uh, uh, the General Maydean cosplay lookalike that runs after <laughs> you and uh, tries to tell you about stealing Imperial shuttles and yeah, I, I like your thinking, um, Tom. Uh, so the Running Man's a good shout, Rich. I uh, that was uh, on my shortlist, but uh, the greatest uh, sporting moments in the fictional world that I can come up with is Deep Space Nine Season 7, Episode 4, the episode titled Take Me to the Holosuite. And it's the moment where Worf and Cisco run onto the pitch to start arguing with Odo as the umpire. Yes. And they're just, it's so clear how how mm. much those those actors are enjoying just yelling at each other. And uh, and one of them, I think Cisco sort of touches Odo and he's like, no, he quotes the rules. He's like, no touching the umpire. You're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> This sort of full-on Al Pacino level scream. It's just great. It's it is very, also, very silly. It's also got Worf's um, trash talk in the opposition. Exactly. Death to the opposition. <laughs> Death to the opposition. <laughs> yeah, um, that was uh, that was probably um, the answer I was uh, I was going for. So um, you you all get points, but I think Tom uh, is currently winning that particular round. Yes, so, home uh, run. Right. Next question. Moving on to question number two. Uh, so this month, very sad for people in the United Kingdom. Uh, we lost one of our national treasures, a chap called Captain Sir Tom Moore. For the, the folks abroad who don't know who he is, he was, uh, he was a, he's a good hundred years old um, and last year raised millions of pounds for, uh, for our hospitals uh, to fight COVID because, um, you know, the politicians couldn't be bothered to put any money in them. So that's minus point for me for talking about politics. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it would <clears throat> it would be way too obvious to ask who the greatest captain is. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a slightly different question as to which captain deserves a knighthood and for what services? We'll start with Rich. Um, so obviously just talking about the running man, I'm going to go for Captain Freedom, played by Jesse the Body Ventura. Um, <laughs> But I'm not. I'm not actually. That was just that just came to me then. So no, I I, I, I will go. For, I'm going for um, Cap Captain of the White Tower, Captain of Gondor, uh, Faramir, off of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um. You know he's um, he's 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 had to live in the in the shadow of his of his brother and his and his father all his life. Yet he's the sort of consummate professional soldier. Um. You know as much as we all love Bozza. Um, he's a bit hot-headed, and you know he obviously tries to kick kick old Frodo in the nuts and, and run off with the ring, which could have caused all <laughs> manner of problems yeah. in Middle Earth, which we, God knows they've got enough already. 
Point so, of order, um, point of order, sir. It was uh, some hobbits that kicked Boromir in the nuts, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it minus was. point for Rich. Yeah, mi- minus, <laughs> minus, minus point. point. Interrupting. Um, I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, F- Faramir truly does sh- show his quality by uh, allowing um, allowing them to, to pass through and realizing that not uh, not taking a ring is 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 a good thing for the for Middle Earth. So um, you know, yeah, but if, if Faramir was as clever as he should have been, he should have realized that his older brother was Sean Bean, and at some point Sean Bean will die, so he can just assume his. <laughs> That's position. right. I mean, but about the time that he really started looking like Sean Bean, he should have started to cotton on, shouldn't he? When they were yeah. at that at that age. Um, Seeing as somebody turned him down, the nursemaid said no, and he went, bastard. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> that, that does imply, though, Daisy, that you're expecting on some level Faramir to have some sort of trans-universe um, perceptive ability in a sort of a Doctor Strange kind of way that he, he could, you know, um, use the Palantir and meditate and look at all the possibilities from different universes and yeah. go, oh, crap, Sean Bean's my brother. We're screwed. Well, if yeah, you say it like that, universe. it sounds stupid, Tom. But in all, yeah. the other <laughs> uh, in all the other universes, Boromir is played by Evan Peters. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you get an extra bonus point there for um, mentioning Faramir because as a as a fully red blooded heterosexual man, um, Faramir makes me a bit hard. So, um, extra point there. Right, um, not Daisy. sure I see the link there, but hey, no, you know, it's not, there's no link there whatsoever. Sure, surely Boromir is the red-blooded heterosexual. Never mind, just never. No, mind. I'm the red-blooded heterosexual man. And Faramir. Why are you talking about Aragorn? You're... Then Aragorn would get you, give you a semi-chub more than any of the rest of them. Surely you're the sallow-faced egg with eyes stuck on the front that, that's asking us some questions. Let's not let's not over-masculinize your contribution to the proceedings here. You're the you're the egg of Sauron. You're you're the crang of this podcast. Can I just congratulate Tom into slamming into fourth place after yeah. that little tirade as well? Yeah, fourth what place. From Jason, <laughs> my lord. Sorry, Daisy. Oh. Egg, come on. Okay. <laughs> I know his mind. I'll catch up again. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Daisy, go. Uh, well, mine is, uh, it's not science fiction. Mine's from a TV show, which I've watched three times through now. Uh, it's one of my go-to shows when I'm feeling a bit low. I need to need to uh, cheer up a little bit. Right. My choice is Captain Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, he is, uh, he is uh, the police captain of the 99th Precinct of New York. He is in charge of a precinct of complete losers, weirdos and fools. He is, as a character, has the best diction. No, Jason, no joke. He has the best diction in all of TV that I've ever heard. His voice, speaking voice is incredible. Um, and if you don't agree with my choice, then you're a homophobic racist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that's a very good choice. Um, Tom, beat that. Uh, my choice uh, for who deserves a knighthood is Captain Picard. Uh, specifically Hang for two on. things. Stuck up to me here by mentioning my favourite captain. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I these are these are my thoughts of my own. Get I mean, because you've head. got an extra point for it, so you know. Okay. Yes, that's exactly why I made this choice uh, to be a manipulative so and so. It's Captain Picard for two reasons. Uh, number one, for telling Wesley to shut up. <laughs> Pin a medal on him, job done. Um, and number two, for being so determined and so kind of um, bloody-mindedly determined to never ever program any replicator aboard the Starship Enterprise to realise that when someone asks for a cup of tea, that it should come out hot. 
and now really really start to pull that apart. What uh, at what point did Captain Picard order a T just say T Earl Grey when he first came aboard a starship with a re- replicator and it came out tepid or <laughs> or cold? And he thought, Indeed. ah, no, strains his uniform. I'm going to have to remember to order it hot from now on. <clears throat> Does every yeah. cup of tea that come out of a replicator come out at some un- unsatisfactory temperature unless unless the temperature is special? Um, yes, specified? yes, it does. And it's all Geordie's fault. Right. Perhaps he's just programmed okay. the computer. Whenever he go. says it, whenever Picard says hot, he uh, the computer knows that his hot is a specific temperature. Yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah. I guess that's yeah. possible. Yeah. Or maybe he's just putting the word hot on there to um, to get the, the replicator slightly aroused. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's code for how much he fancies Dr. Crusher. <laughs> Just an aside. Hot. Gee, oh, great. Mm. Give, me, give me the Bev, please, computer. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Bev, because that's like beverage. <laughs> so that's hey. more than one meaning. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's brilliant. Okay. Bo- bonus cool. point for Finney. Yeah, that. bonus point for Finney. Yeah, um, you can take it off when I admit that I didn't actually get the double reference until Tom mentioned it. That's just what Picard said to Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, speaking of erections, let's move on. Um, I think Daisy, <laughs> I think Daisy wins that round for Captain Raymond Holt. Uh, very good TV show. Now, question number three. Um, one of my favourite pieces of stupid news during this lockdown. Obviously, stupid news has been everywhere, um, but it's the tale from a couple of weeks ago when it snowed, um, where a five-year-old boy looked on in horror as a binman gleefully kicked the boy's snowman to death. Okay. <laughs> Uh, personally, I mean that that man deserves a knighthood. But the question has to be: What's your favourite piece of evil pettiness? Let's begin with Tom. Uh, this one was very very easy. My favourite piece <clears throat> of evil pettiness uh, in all of nerddom that I could fathom and bring to mind has to be the moment in the Avengers film after a big, long, protracted fight <laughs> sequence that builds beautifully, whether you see all the Avengers, wor- Avengers working together, uh, the camera cuts from one to the other in a really swish way, and it really set... It, it, it's kind of the... Um, the kind of uh, it, It's sort of the aesthetic core of the film, isn't it, that sequence? And, and it's the moment when the Avengers are finally bonded in the face of evil and fighting the Chitauri. It gets all the way through to the end, mm-hmm. and Hulk and Thor are standing on top of the uh, the huge flying dragon thing Thor kind of gives his friend a good nod and uh, and Hulk just punches him <laughs> and laughs Hulk punching Thor in the Avengers is I, I laughed my little pants off when I first saw that in cinema it's a classic moment it's evil it's petty and it's brilliant that's a very good moment and um you know what what we could now think of is that uh, maybe Hulk was um thinking about Thor as Joss Whedon who knows Let's not go down that road. <laughs> Please, God. Uh, let's yeah, move glossing on. over any feelings about Joss Whedon in yeah. uh, talking Daisy. about Joss Whedon material. Um, well, I've again, like my first question, I had a couple in mind uh, before I settled on my final choice. I mean, any moment from Star Wars Rebels in, involving Chopper the droid is <laughs> phenomenal. The one where he uh, realises that his crewmates are liking another droid that's working with him and he then pushes that droid out of an airlock. It's quite funny. Um, <laughs> And then chuckles in his sadistic way is quite funny. Um, myself, some uh, one of my what I do in Tesco sometimes to avoid Tesco aisle rage is to put an item uh, in someone else's basket who's pissed me off. That's quite fun and petty, um, <clears throat> without them noticing. But my main one is uh, from Red Dwarf 
um, from the episode of Quarantine, where Holly's playing a joke on all of them, getting all to do uh, military barracks style uh, chores because uh, he's pretending to be a different computer and they're all mm-hmm. absolutely exhausted. They're mentally broken and fatigued. And it's culminated when Blister's sitting there absolutely destroyed, dishevelled and drained and he gets his dinner and it, he just takes it off and he goes, look what he's given me, a pea on toast. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not even a fr- it's not even a cooked pea. It's like a solid frozen pea. So he tries to mush it, and it just he loses it in, under his sock drawer. Um, is, that, is that the Queeg episode? Yes, that's Queeg Queeg five hundred. Uh, that's, that's my pick. Yeah, Jape of the decade: April, <laughs> May, June, July, and August, and August Fools. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a point there. Uh, right, Rich, go for it. Um, so I, I started off my, my answers with torture and, I, and I'm coming back to torture already. Uh, Jesus. So um, read into that what you will. But yeah, my, my, my favourite act of petty, petty evilness is a scene in Return of the Jedi uh, in, in Jabba's palace where um, one of the, uh, I suppose, security droids is actually torturing a, a power droid by they've strapped him up upside down with his little feet wiggling. And then these two like hot iron bars come down to, to burn his feet which is yeah. and, he, and he makes some very um sort of uh, pa- painful sounds obviously he can't he can't feel any pain there's no point to it whatsoever but they've put him there to uh to scare scare the life out of him and everyone else and yeah utter, utterly pointless and brilliant he, ma- he makes a, a horrible little noise and then <laughs> then i think the camera pans and, and there's another droid being dismembered in a slightly more sinister fashion yeah um, but yeah, it's the it's the burning of the feet that that gets me every time. Yeah, that is that is quite delightful, I have to say. Okay, so I think uh, I'm going to give that one to Rich because I like that answer. Um, although Daisy does get bonus points for um, for the reference to Chopper because he is a wonderful asshole droid. He is my uh, spirit animal. Yeah, I can imagine. Right. So moving on. Hopefully at any moment now we should have a visitor joining us to ask a question. This question is worth two points and it's not judged by me at all. It is judged by the guest who is about to come in. There are no points for anybody else, just the two points for whatever the guest decides is the correct answer. Oh, here we go. Our guest is coming. Well, oh, his name's giving it away. It's Saul yep. B. It's Saul Burton. Hello, Saul Burton. You rapscallion. Am I able to be heard or am I just a ghost? We can hear you. Can hear you. Yes. Well done. Very good. I don't have video working. Friend, though. friend, friend of the show, of the show. That's probably best to just leave your video off because there's a better chance the sound will carry on working. Yeah. Oh, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you for uh, thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, yeah. it, it's not you are our, our only our second guest, um, and you're here because I believe you have a question for Rich, Daisy, and Tom that you are then going to judge who gets the points for. Ah oh, yes, um, the question is: If you're an unnamed ensign on an away mission, how would you die? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Are we are we part of a specific show? Wow. Uh, no, but more towards Star Trek. 
So if you were an unnamed entity, presumably wearing a red shirt of some sort, so yeah, or a yellow shirt if you go for TNG. Yeah. My answer would be I'm on an away mission in the Voyager show. I'm partnered up with Neelix, and I'm so pissed off with Neelix's bullshit that I run immediately into a lake of lava and die. <laughs> Gosh, okay. I mean, I, I do like a wow. running cannonball, like dive into this lava lake oh. just to get away from Neelix. <laughs> a fiery, fiery death. Um, yeah. I, I suppose I imagine I would be um, instead of uh, being teleported to the to the planet's surface. Some some buffoon like O'Brien would teleport me to the wrong location. Say I don't know the vending area of Deep Space Nine. Um, I get sidetracked by trying to get chocolate and confectionery out of what I think is a is a confectionery vending machine. Uh, and only when I'm in it up to my elbow do I realise this is Odo on a on a undercover mission who uh, he promptly turns around and, and beats me to death or, or turns himself into liquid and drowns me by going into my lungs. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, Jesus! Well, um, he's way, very I'm determined gonna... that he'd let you get up to the elbow. Yeah. Well, to take yeah. action. I mean, we discussed previously how that—that's all he does when he's hiding. He turns himself into a vending machine. So, Rich, uh, can I just say, um, I know, I know that Saul's actually giving the points here, but I did deduct you a point for dissing <laughs> O'Brien. But then I—I uh, I gave you one back for uh, the Odo vending machine reference. So you—you're you, square. Don't worry, Tom. What about you? Uh, I think I, I expect that I would be one of a pair of ensigns, probably um, a TOS kind of era. And uh, we're exploring a rocky planet. The guy next to me gets grabbed by a giant um, lizard thing. And I turn around to uh, one of the, the main cast and say, he's gone, sir. And then <laughs> uh, the rock face beneath me crumbles and kills me because my pun was so bad, but I couldn't help making it. <laughs> That, okay, so so your choice is here then, Saul. Mm. Uh, you've got uh, Tom, who's uh, punning himself to death. Uh, Rich, who is um, essentially going to be killed by Odo for <laughs> ramming his fist halfway up. <laughs> or, or you've got Daisy, who's... Uh, bringing, who's sorry, bring a whole new meaning to the phrase, deep space. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. God. Right, uh, or, you, or you've got the choice of Daisy, who gets so pissed off with Nimix that he cannonballs into a lava lake. Yep, <laughs> we've all felt like there. Um, Saul, who are you giving the two points to? Hmm, is this pre season three Nimix or not? <laughs> That's a, give him give him some points for that question. <laughs> two points yeah. to Saul. I... Saul's on an extra point. <laughs> see, when, whenever anyone says the word Neelix, I see him on screen, I hear his voice, I just get all itchy and want to like run headfirst into a wall. So I, I, at the height of his annoyance, whatever whatever series that was. Oh, it's got you, he's got the creepy relationship with Kess then, so. Mm. Yeah, when he's really paranoid and controlling. That, that, oh, that. God, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Neelix one because and, it, it's just, it's yeah, self-inflicted. Yeah. yeah, suicide, death by Neelix. And and as I hit the lava, I turn around and show him a f fully nude picture of Kess that I've somehow obtained as well just to really piss him off. <laughs> Daisy, 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 do not make me get out, crack out that picture of Jennifer. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't want that because she's I'll take, fully I'll, nude. I'll take, I'll take that. Cool children. <laughs> um, 
Saul, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, you. for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Saul. Thank well you done. For your Absolute pleasure. No, no, mm. you're, uh, you're you're quite good. And um, with those two points for your question, you're probably in the lead. I would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I will. Uh, I will go through the scores um, in just a few seconds. Uh, thank you, Saul. Thank you. Friend, 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 friend Thank you. Show, yes, Live long, prosper. Friend, friend, friend of the show, of the show. There you go. That was good. That worked well. Thank you for being funny. Uh, right. Okay. I'm going to go through the scores as we stand at the moment. Okay. Just remember that it's all to play for. Okay. So um, currently uh, in, oh, actually bringing up the rear is uh, Tom at the minute with five points. Oh my uh, God! Rich is on six points. <laughs> He's devastated. All the way ahead on ten points at the moment. Bloody hell! Wow! Okay. Right. But there is all to play for. One of the rounds <laughs> is there. There's nothing what, what to play, we play for. There's, there's nothing to play for. There's, there's no prize. For. Um, there's, there's nothing to be gained from this. Yeah, this is. Come on. <laughs> uh, I think you'll find that the pride of winning is more than enough. <laughs> Isn't this it? is very true. I do. I still want to beat that fucker Tom when he beat me in that. Um, <laughs> in, can't in, get in over. No, the Conan isn't a thief. Can't get over it. I can't get over it. It's Don't like it's like the kidney stone of past shame. You just can't <laughs> pass it through that tiny channel of his own rage. <laughs> it was a correct, meaningful, and well-constructed point with examples. He's I'm a barbarian. He's not a thief. He's a thief. <laughs> We, we settled this. He's a thief. Yeah. He's a muscular thief. A muscular okay. slow. <laughs> right. Not stealthy. High broadsword trained. Anyway, anyway. Moving on. Moving I'm over on. It. I'm right. Over it. Simple question here. Who or what brings glory to you and your house? Tom. This is not this is not a particularly good answer. I couldn't think of a great answer to this one. What brings glory to my house? It's probably my sci-fi bookshelves which have books from previous generations uh, who were sci-fi lovers all the way through my Terry Pratchett phase as a child and um, all the wonderful stuff that I like and read now. Also my new loft ladder, which is an amazing piece of <laughs> quantum machinery, which folds from a thing about this long into a two and a half meter ladder. Do you say go, go, gadget ladder when you open it? <laughs> no, but I will from now on. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I will en and I will enjoy that. And I'll think of you whenever I that's, that's tread on it. Wholesome. That's not very nice, is it? Yeah. yeah. That's a very wholesome answer. Uh, Daisy? Um, well, I'm going to take a, again, I like to, I might struggle with this one. I'm going to take a leaf out of the Klingon book for this one of uh, allying my house with a stronger house because I haven't done that much other than having a vast array of geeky stuff in my in my living room. Um, so I want to ally my house with another house to make my house a bit stronger. Um, and my what makes this person's house good to ally with is that I'm very, very good friends with someone that Mark Hamill has actually touched in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just, we need to clarify the touching here because there's a lot of bad stuff in the news at the moment. No, no, it's not. Uh, my friend Claire uh, went to a red carpet event, um, a Star Wars launch, and Mark Hamill just wandered up to her because she had some really cool like uh, Luke Skywalker leggings on and he sort of signed her leg. So wow. I'm I, I'm uh, yeah I'm fame by proxy. That's what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> that's a that's a very good answer. Uh, Rich, yeah, um, I I I barely got an answer for this. This is a, this was a really tough one. 
Um, I suppose <clears throat> the only the only one who brings glory to my house are the um, uh, small selection of delivery people who who bring my eBay addictions to the to the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Effectively, um, you know they they literally bring glory to my house um, on a on a far too frequent basis. So yeah, God God uh, God's bless the uh, the Royal Postal Service. No, I, I like that. That's that's good. Right. Okay. Um, Tom won that round. Mainly for the uh, for the loft ladder and for being quite wholesome. Oh, thanks. Very wholesome answer that one, yeah. wasn't it? Wholesome, but not funny. So <laughs> I was just thinking you should get one of those. Uh, you should make the top of your loft ladder like the hatch on the Millennium Falcon, which I, which I always think looks really, really dangerous. The way that it kind of sort of screws the, the open sit, the one that sort of sit yeah the, the one that sort of yeah. scissors out and looks like it could chop your knees off yeah that's right quite easily yeah. get one of those mm. yeah <laughs> okay. it could cut you in half brilliant right question number six one of my favorite characters from the clone wars is, uh, is hondo anaka um every time he turns up seems to be specifically to ruin obi-wan's day it's just it's hilarious to me and uh, i really really hope he turns up in the obi-wan series as well because that would just make my life i think um but the question is who is the bane of your life who is the one person just keeps turning up to piss you off this can be an actor or a character or a mcdonald's drive-through attendant whatever you uh, whatever you want uh let's let's begin this one with daisy Okay, I'm going to have to control my anger and hatred. For just no, days. He's got something brilliant for this. Um, this. This question is his meat and drink. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it, it is the wine in his cup Fire in the Hall will, of Commander. Um, <laughs> So, he doesn't keep turning up, but you know that you can get someone that turns up frequently, like, um, to quote Richard, Jar Jar Gabinks. Um, <laughs> In both film and Clone Wars, and you've got, oh, for fuck's sake, he's in this episode again, he's going to piss me off. Yeah. Or you can get someone who only turns up a couple of times, but the crimes they commit on screen or in real life are so bad that you don't want them to turn up a third time. My pick is Rian Johnson. No! I'm going to read a quick quote here uh, from George Lucas, and then I'm going to read a follow-on quote uh, from... Rian Johnson. So George Lucas, uh, upon creating Star Wars, said, my reason for making Star Wars was to give young people honest, wholesome fantasy. It's a fairy tale. You want everybody to live happily ever after. The whole emotion I am trying to set is for you to feel uplifted emotionally and spiritually, to feel good about life. Rian Johnson, upon making his uh, air quotes film, uh, said that he didn't care for the... Um, Star Wars legacy or for the canon uh, history in the show. He didn't care about the characters, experiences, histories, achievements. He said, George Lucas never made a Star Wars movie by sitting down and thinking, what do the fans want to see? <laughs> and he, he did say that as a direct quote from an interview he had. Um, and then he went on to make, uh, you know, that film. Uh, he shat all over one of the greatest Star Wars characters ever to exist. He said he didn't care about any of the history or the um, lore in Star Wars, and he was just focused on making a two-hour audience experience in a theatre. Mm. It's an interesting one, because Rian Johnson has, has proven himself a good filmmaker with certain things, but The Last Jedi 
just went spectacularly wrong, and it seems to be because of um, the, his own sheer fucking hubris. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say uh, anymore because I'm generally getting angry. Yeah, I, I can see it. Uh, Tom, quickly, save us. Cool. On this occasion, uh, unlike Daisy, uh, the Star Wars rage is, is palpable and, may I say, delicious, but I'm not going to talk about Star Wars lore. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Star Wars lore. Instead, I'm going to target Jude Law. <laughs> Good segue. Like because, it. <laughs> thanks, Just I just had to type it frantically then. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> before I forgot it, before it fled my mind. Uh, Jude Law, look, every time... It, look, I don't hate him as a person, I don't think. I, I understand he does nice things. I've seen him, you know, does adverts for Amnesty International and whatever. But, guys, every time he turns up in something and I'm watching him and, and, I, have to fa- and I have to force myself to acknowledge that I'm watching Jude Law in a film again... I feel like I want to chew the arm off my sofa in frustration <laughs> to distract myself. I, I mean, I can. I, I even enjoy. I even enjoy some of the films that he is in. But he will never ever look to me like he's doing an even halfway decent job of acting, of performing. He just looks like a fraud. And everything, everything he does, and everything about him, like even from the really good movies, like Gattaca or Enemy of the Gates. I, that, that I, I've watched repeatedly and enjoyed. Uh, obviously, he's made some complete arse bombs like Sky Captain and the Will of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, he that just. Entire he, film is an arse bomb. Though. I mean, he, he, he looks like a, a piece of wood that's just been told its uncle has died. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but, like, even in Captain Marvel, I mean, I'll say this for him at least when he got to, when he finally got to the Captain Marvel movie, he was very well cast because that character is a gaslighting paperweight of toxic masculinity. And to me, that's the perfect role for, uh, for a kind of a smug, a, a smug post masculine man like Jude Law. But he, he's just like this handsome black hole in the screen where a performance should be. And I can't <laughs> stand him. Wow. Uh, wow, that's Jesus. how I feel about Jude. Wow. Okay. Uh, extra point for uh, extra point for feminism. Um, Rich. Yeah. Mm, this oh, dif- difficult. Um, I haven't I haven't got a particularly humorous answer as you'll be used to by now. Um, um, I mean, I, I I have I have to go for and this has caused contention before. I have to go for Tom Cruise. I ca- I just Ooh. can't yeah. stand him. He, and it's, he was a Sorry, he's, he was a close second on my list. It's, it's almost, it's almost <laughs> irrational. Um, you know, okay, like Top Gun, of course. Days of Thunder, Top Gun on Wheels, yes, yeah, okay, we'll take, we'll take that. Legend, perhaps. Um, I think this where this started for me is with, um, with the Mission Impossible films, which I just, I don't get. I've never got them. I've never understood why anyone thinks they're worth sitting and sitting in front of for more than ten minutes. Um, you know, I've clearly people do like them, I've, and I've clearly missed the point. But I, he is—I don't know—he just doesn't bring anything to any any of the characters for me. Um, he, he's tried to remain looking the same for fifty years or something, and he's, he's starting to look like a like a, a vampire that has died but hasn't hasn't <laughs> realised it yet. Um, <laughs> to, be, to be fair to him, he, he's brought inventive camera shots to films so they can make him a normal height. Um, so it just amazes me that people still still want to, to book him. I mean, I actively and, and pettily avoid good films that people recommend that he's in because I just I just don't like seeing him in films. That's, that's as, as far as, as deep as it gets. Yeah. 
Minority Report. He's, That's a good film. He's, you know, That's, he's clearly getting yeah. shorter with every film that comes on as well. You know, That's it, why I bizarre. haven't watched Live, Die, Repeat, because he's in it. Yeah, and he's only three and a half foot tall now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, look, I don't think any of us can go on about uh, height. <laughs> I can, and I will. It's a true fact that he's, that he's half, half, a, half a foot shorter in each subsequent film that he makes. I, I read it on the... <laughs> How he stays looking so young, he just yeah. sucks out his own life force and channels yeah. it yeah. Into, into, his, uh, yeah. into not having a, a saggy face as he should have, but yeah. he consumes mass by doing so and therefore shrinks. <laughs> yeah, I, that I, read that on, yeah, I read that on Reddit, so it must be true. Ah, okay. Yeah, so yeah it's, Tom, it's Tom Cruise for me, I'm afraid. Can't stand it. Okay, right. Um, let's move on then. Uh, questions. Uh, question seven uh, is kind of one of our penultimate questions. We're coming towards the end now. Um, so there's a extra bonus points in this one for keeping it clean. And the question is, who would you like to spend lockdown with? Rich. Glad you asked me. Because I definitely got this this far with the questions. Is your answer answer a pair of noise cancelling headphones? (laughs) My answer is seventeen, or or Jay Leno, uh, one or the other. Um, No, probably the probably the cast of no, not the cast. Probably the actual crew of Red Dwarf. I just think that would be hilarious to spend lockdown lockdown with them. Maybe not in some of they're uh, more perilous scrapes but if you could just sort of hang out there in uh, in uh, in the ship um mm. watching them all bitch and drive each other drive each other mad um i, I think that that'd be brilliant I, I was trying to think would there be one of them that i'd like to hang out with and probably not because they they would all be fairly irritating to to share a room with <laughs> i would imagine but as a collective i think it would be a good laugh to sit in the corner there change the uh change the uh, yellow alert light bulb whenever they needed that change um, and just let them get on with, you know, their, their thing. That would be, that'd be highly amusing. I would, I would but, but what you're, you're saying you won't go on any of their little crazy adventures with them. You'll just sit in the corner. Well, like, you know, if I could follow at a distance, I don't want to put myself in any danger whatsoever. Um, I'm, I am more cowardly than, than Rimmer. So, um, so if that could be avoided, then I, yeah, I'd follow them at a distance. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Daisy. Oh, tough one. Um, I would probably have to pick uh, someone who, given how they were portrayed on screen, surprised me by how much I enjoyed uh, them being on the screen and how I mostly bonded with them. Uh, probably Grogu. Oh. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, just I, I don't I don't think I'd get bored just by saying Grogu's name. Him going oh. And looking oh, at me every time I did it, <laughs> I probably did. I probably did that for like seven hours straight without getting bored. Yeah. Um, Even when yeah. you ate your eggs, <laughs> hey, if it makes him happy, I don't mind. Grogu, no, you've be. eaten Jason's head. Oh, <laughs> well, point. point. <laughs> right, uh, Tom, redeem yourself. <laughs> that would take too long. Um, <laughs> And would be impossible. Uh, my answer is a pretty st- sort of uh, simple one. I'm going to go for Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I just think he's, he's a dude. I would just hang out with him, practice some martial arts, probably get him, get him to teach me how to actually shoot a gun for fun. Not, mm. not because I want to shoot things or people, but just because he's really good at it. And I think it would be a, a fun activity. Go for walks, watch movies, you know, do some kung fu drills, eat some pizza, chat about life, the universe, and everything. 
teach him how to act. Just just hang out with Keanu Reeves. Make yeah. sure you don't accidentally run over his dog, whatever you do. <laughs> no, if he brought his dog, uh, yeah, obviously if he brought his dog, that would bring an extra level of concern if we were out and about <laughs> and people came up. I'd have to be like, no, it's just a small dog. Just, <laughs> you can pet it, but be very careful. Okay, it's Keanu's dog. It's fine. It's fine. He's lovely. Just don't. Do you know any Russian gangsters? Fine. You can probably <laughs> pet the dog, but just be aware. There would be that level of of stress. But but I, I could cope with that. I like dogs. I like Keanu Reeves. So no problem. Okay. Good. Right. Good answers. Um, yeah. I, I, don't I also know. sorry, Jason. Before you say who won that one, I think we should all lose a point for none of us mentioning Carl Urban. Oh. Oh right. <laughs> Which yeah. I've just realised. Yeah. In fact, so basically all the points you just gained for that round have all been wiped out. Objection uh, sustained. We're we'll going back to where we were. Okay, right. Um, quickly go through the points then at the minute. Uh, Tom and Rich are actually even now on uh, on nine points each. Uh, Daisy is still out in front though on 13 points. However, however, this next round is the next goal five week. points to the winner. And everybody else gets nothing. Okay, five points to the winner. Everybody else gets nothing. So it's either going to be Daisy consolidating his lead and going into the final, or one of you can start to catch up. Going into the final with myself. Going into yeah, the I, I, um, I, I, I think sounds Daisy... like, sounds like a euphemism for masturbating, doesn't it? I'm going into the final with myself. <laughs> Wish me luck. Uh, it's, uh, it comes straight after the semi-final. Oh no! I hit the crossbar. <laughs> Um, okay yeah you can you can have a point for that one jason yay <laughs> I'm, I'm still behind saul okay right uh so this question then um as a great man once said uh, it's been a long right that's yeah just cost you your point yeah yeah point rescinded <laughs> you muppet do i do i get a point if i sing it no no, no. We, no all leave the, we all leave you the, and pretend yeah, to be you for the rest meeting. of this quiz if you sing it <laughs> Uh, as a great man once said, it's been a long road getting from there to here. Who no. who has taken the longest, most tedious road and ended up right back where they started? Let's begin with Rich. Um, you know, this this is this was difficult. Everything is difficult for me. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> I should I shouldn't need to. to from your IMDb page. Yeah, you don't need to just keep telling us your Facebook um, about me uh, one-liner. It's difficult. We know. We've met you. Um, I'm going to... I I can't... I'm not going to pick a person. I'm going to pick a thing. And I'm going to pick the the obvious thing that's meandered and and has got absolutely nowhere. And that is fucking Star Wars. The last five... However many years. Is it five years now? It's the, the last three films. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into this um, <laughs> very deeply. But as we all know, they've 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 advanced the story almost nowhere. Um, they the, the second one cancelled the first one out. The third one was it was an attempt to go back to the first one and pretend that the second one didn't happen, even though it was a sequel. Um, you know what what have we gained from it apart from it's it's it brought one decent villain back. Um, contrary to popular uh, belief, I do actually really like Emperor Palpatine as a character. He's great. Um, shoehorned him back in, though, so that took a good villain and screwed it up by shoehorning him back in. 
took a great hero, Luke Skywalker, screwed it up by making him act like a like a moron. Um, Star Wars has got, gone absolutely nowhere. I mean, there, there have been a couple of interesting byproducts. Rogue One, I think we kind of all agree is, is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I actually quite enjoyed uh, Solo as just a as a right. way. Sorry, did you you quite enjoy a solo? I, I enjoy <laughs> solo. Yeah. Um, either with a guitar or, or just my hand. Um, um, yeah. What? So so where are we now with Star Wars? It hasn't advanced the storyline, the plot. Out of the characters who are left, you know, where where can they go? It's just been a monumental monumental waste of time. Apart from some of the byproducts, and I suppose you could argue, maybe that things like the Mandalorian would they be the same if those if that latest batch of Disney stuff hadn't 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 landed like that, I don't know. But but in terms of the main trilogy and advancing the storyline, we've got nowhere with it, and it's ruined pretty much what went before. So yeah, it's, well, it's thanks hard. for that, Finny. Thanks. That's, uh, that's deep. Yeah. yeah, that's my uplifting piece. Yeah, we're all quite depressed now. Thanks. Yeah, for uh, minus all the points. Um, <laughs> Tom. Well, this is going to be pretty disappointing because uh, Rich just kind of did it. Um, <laughs> My answer's a little bit more specific, though, so I'm just anything do I do anyway. is disappointing. Who's taken the longest, most tedious road and ended up right back where they started? Uh, it's the characters and story story of the uh, of the Star Wars sequel between Episode Seven and Episode Eight. Mm. They literally end up after <sighs> a plucky resistance group is fighting an asymmetric war against the First Order. They miraculously destroy a big enemy weapon, and then they're on the run again. Yeah. That's episode seven and episode eight. And, and eight they achieve yeah. absolutely nothing yeah. uh, in that film. And uh, that's that's my vote. That yeah. is entirely fair. Um, I'd move it straight along to Daisy, but he's uh, just run off. He's just going to so. cry about Conan again for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, Daisy, you, you have to defend what we just said, even though you don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Sorry, some moron was knocking on my door. <laughs> Okay, um, Daisy, uh, in terms of what you missed from Tom, you basically missed Tom giving the exact same answer as, uh, as Rich. It was, so, a little, it was a little more specific. Slightly more. It was. Different. And slightly um, better, I feel <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Um, uh, yeah, I would guess, not Tom. having heard it, I would guess that Tom's was more narratively descriptive than Tom's. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daisy, is your right, you say Tom's better at using words. Is that what you, <laughs> you said? Tom done speak better. <laughs> Um, mine is, but mine is specific. Oh, my my choice is uh, the character of Luke Skywalker, who started off being a symbol of hope, who became a symbol of hope, and then, for want of a better analogy, was sodomized beyond his control by a complete round-headed moron, and then, thanks to Filoni and Favreau, <laughs> has become come back to being a symbol of hope and unity in the Star Wars franchise. Thank you. Thanks for the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, thank you, Dave, and thank you, John. Okay, um, so it's quite difficult here because you've all you've all given fairly simple answers, but I am I think for the for the eloquence of the argument, I have to give the points there to Tom. Uh, oh which my god! Tom gets an extra five points. Um, Great which, maker. Which boosts uh, Tom and Daisy basically um, up to both thirteen points. Um, uh, Rich, you you can still win this if you make an absolute um, wonder of the next. Yeah, month. if mine and Tom's internet drops out and we leave the call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have to gain all the bonus points forever in order to win, but we, we'll go for it anyway. So the, the, the final one okay. is um, it's what we call any other business, and uh, it's literally 30 seconds, and I am going to time you on these 30 seconds. There's no, uh, there's no wandering off topic here, guys. You've got 30 seconds to basically explain or just rant, rave, explain, talk about any other topic that you want in, that you think might gain you favor or points. And we're going to start the, uh, the any other business with, we'll start with Daisy. Go. Right. Mine is from a question asked by Duncan, uh, which Star Trek series would be would best cross over with the Alien universe? And I have to be in it as well. I'm choosing Discovery and Alien Covenant. <laughs> I'm captain of this ship, therefore I can also be knighted for this following decision. I would keep the Covenant crew in cryo sleep so that no one has to suffer their appalling acting. I'd send the majority of the Discovery crew onto the planet so they can all be shit and pointless together and be eaten by the evil android and his alien xenomorph offspring, uh, including female Space Jesus. Well done. That was uh, 30 seconds. Oh, Boom. <laughs> Space Jesus. Okay. Um, that's a that's a very good answer, if slightly predictable from yourself, Rich. <laughs> okay, Tom. <laughs> She's just not going to do it, Rich. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I need your thirty seconds. I think I think uh, Rich is having a bit of a crisis of faith. Um, Tom, thirty seconds on anything you like. Go. Ridley Scott, I believe, is working on the next Alien movie. Guys, he just needs to stop. Someone needs to stop him. He is somehow both the best and worst director of his generation. Someone needs to take the Alien movies away from him. He's become his own tortured metaphor of Charlize Theron running away from the thing that's crushing her in a straight line. Ridley, veer left, for Christ's sake. Do something else. Let the Alien franchise pass on, and at least then we won't have to go through the frustration of wondering how a director of your calibre can keep serving up these face-hugging shit sandwiches. Thank you. <laughs> Wow, thirty seconds! Look at that. That was that was quite stressful. I understand why that fell out. I've got images of you practicing that in the mirror and timing yourself, Tom. Um, I actually didn't. Also, I just nailed it. Yeah, and also uh, a very good answer. Uh, Rich, would you like to? You don't have to be timed, Rich. But is there any other <laughs> anything else that you would like to raise? Or I, 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 I genuinely have nothing coherent to add or, or to advance my. My, my position in the could you just for 30 seconds just scream Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> how long can you hold that e, <laughs> e note <laughs> yeah that'd be a joy okay. for our listeners to suffer okay right that means that after after all of that um we actually end up with uh, unfortunately you did end up on 11 points rich um but you're still last uh Yes. Daisy, you ended up on 14. Tom actually just pipped you slightly there with 15 points, but it does mean that the two of you now, you, Tom versus Daisy, head-to-head in the round called Defend the Indefensible. This is to determine the ultimate winner. You have 20 seconds and 20 seconds only to defend the statement that I give you. you Jason, can... before you start, sorry to interrupt you, I will not betray my sci-fi moral compass. <laughs> So if you you're ask gonna, me anything you're gonna based to. on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or computer gaming being for twats, I will not betray my moral compass. Okay. Uh, uh, well, 
<laughs> so Tom's probably going to win. That's all I'm going to say. I'll see. Uh, right. I have to say, uh, Jason, I actually care about this slightly now, and I hate you for making me care about anything. So, um, <laughs> okay, so because Tom, that. you're going to go first. Tom, your answer, your statement I'm going to give to you is Babylon 5 is a big pile of shit. <laughs> go. Babylon 5 is a big pile of shit because uh, it looks really dated. Uh, the spaceships just look like uh, Minecraft fighting in space. Um, <laughs> they uh, replaced the captain with another captain who was basically the same guy, uh, just like a deep voice, sort of grumbly, uh, misty-eyed, whatever. Uh, the aliens uh, mostly look like rip-offs from Star Trek, and they kind of mostly are. Oh, okay. That was, that was good. Right, Daisy. Uh, yours. I don't like this. Yeah. Okay, Daisy. Iron Man three is the peak of the Marvel franchise. <laughs> I forgot to queue up the twenty seconds. Iron Man three is the peak of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Go. Iron Man three is the peak of the Marvel garbage dump universe. <laughs> End statement. <laughs> Is it that that's it? That's yep, it. You that's just, it. So so any possibility of you reclaiming your win from Tom. I, I don't care. I said I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> sacrifice my moral principles. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I when I was doing some research for the show, I was I was um, researching the uh, the eponymous fighting talk and uh, I think it said on Wikipedia they've been running for like more than 20 years and i think that in all the time they've only ever had like two guests refuse to defend the indefensible <laughs> <laughs> and here we get daisy basically that means just means i'm of sound moral fiber and they are not you might be of sound moral fiber but the tom is the winner of talk nerdy to me give him a round of applause well done all it, cost, all it cost him was shitting all over Babylon 5. <laughs> what did it cost? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well done, Tom. Thanks um, very much. Thank you, everyone. You all enjoyed that. Can we, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed can coming we include Tom's to Babylon 5 sound bites in the trailer for this show, please? <laughs> Just do a trailer of 20 seconds of Tom trashing on Babylon 5. I love it. God damn okay. it. Taking me out of context. Right. Uh, now, Tom, you actually get to redeem yourself slightly with Babylon 5 because uh, we will now begin judging uh, shows against each other. So, Right. Okay, everyone. Listeners wide and far and near and anywhere else in between, it's time for the Sci-Fi World Cup. We are going to be doing the first eight Ooh. matches today. Yes! Ooh. Let them Ooh. fight! Let them fight. Let them fight. Um, so, yeah, we're doing the first eight matches today. We're going to be voting. There'll be four votes for the four of us. Uh, if there's a tie, we will then put that tie onto the Facebook group for our dear listeners to choose the winner. Um, so let's start with the first match, which will be Stargate Atlantis versus Red Dwarf. First goal to Stargate, without a doubt. It's one of the it's one of my favourite sci-fi shows. It's certainly one of the best spin-off sci-fi shows ever. I think in many ways it eclipses Stargate. Uh, Red Dwarf is good fun, and I enjoyed it as a young person. But in terms of it being quality entertainment, it's got nothing on Stargate Atlantis. 
I'm, I'm going I'm going complete opposite because I've never seen Stargate Atlantis. So and I do love my Red Dwarf. So Red Dwarf for me, quality entertainment. You smear head. Uh, I'm just going to copy past Jason's uh, answer there because I haven't seen Stargate either. Um, imagine a world without Red Dwarf. I mean, just imagine it. Oh, Fuck, no pressure on me then. <laughs> First match already. Oh, I love both of these shows. I I have to confess, I do like Atlantis. Um, it gives us dual state, of course, again on the TV, yes. which everyone likes. Jason Momoa's first real character appearance on TV is amazing. Yep. But personally, for me, I prefer the team dynamic of Stargate SG-1, uh, sort of the interrelationship of the, the four people, I think, is tighter. And, and I, my formative years of my sense of humour were through either Rick Mail in whatever TV show he was doing and Red Dwarf. So I'm going to have to pick Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. I, th- I think that's a shocking result. Shocking. That's me <laughs> trying to do a sport reference there for any listeners who care even less than Rich does. I have to say, deeply, the poll podcast is deeply let down by the fact that only half of us have watched Stargate Atlantis. And you, you, yeah. I hope, I hope you do feel a little kernel of shame. I, um, I do because I love I Stargate Atlantis is very good, but and but I love you, Red yeah. Dwarf. I genuinely, I do. I do, I do love Red. I can't imagine. Uh, as, a society right with Red Dwarf in it, so it's just just, like, just Christopher Haderhall's performance as a wraith, as a, a wraith, as Todd the Wraith. He's so mm. half of you don't know, know what I'm talking about. You've got no idea. He's, oh yeah, he's, he's awesome. It, it's full of great cameos. It's full of great spaceship, like the store, the the sci-fi element of Stargate Atlantis is really fantastic. Like it, it really, really gets going. Um, and um, the first season of it is just well, pr- probably one of the most exciting first seasons of, of a sci-fi show that you can imagine because it's it's all there, it's set up, it's ready to go because Stargate SG One's kind of let you know laid the groundwork. Um, it's it's five super and, and it, yeah, oh well, I'm sad, but well, I'm I'm also sad. I'm I'm sad that I had a deciding vote because I I do love it as a TV show, but I love Red Dwarf wow. more. Red Dwarf is our first one into the second round. <sighs> what's the next matchup daisy the next matchup is dollhouse versus stranger things so daisy which one of these shows do you hate the most i haven't seen at least one of them i haven't seen dollhouse but i know it has a lot of elisa dushku in it who is beautiful um I have made it through. I have made it through season two of Stranger Things, and I've kind of delineated my hate from the entire cast down to just one of the kids. So that's a journey of my own on on that. So I don't hate all of the kids as <laughs> much kid? as I used to from series one. I haven't which seen series three yet, but I, get, I gather from what I've read online that series three starts to get a little bit shitty, and um, fans aren't as it's not as popular amongst the fans as the other two series. There is three. Um, oh, I, I'm just because I want to put the cat amongst the pigeons. I'm going to vote Dollhouse, even though I've not seen it. Just because I don't like Stranger Things, <laughs> I try to watch it. Act of evil enjoy... pettiness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which um, which kid do you hate the most, Daisy? I don't can't remember their names. It's the one who. Uh, Uses the radio the most. Uh, he's got the frizzy hair. Finn oh, Wolfhard. Uh, yeah. I, no, I, don't, no, I don't know his. I don't know his name or the cat. His actual. I can't remember the character's name. Yeah, I don't know his name, but he's he's basically 
I mean, in the second series, he's basically responsible for all of the bad stuff happening just because he didn't want to get in trouble with his mum. So fuck him. Uh, he's a cool character. I like him. Uh, I, I'm going Stranger Things. Uh, I've never seen Dollhouse and I do like Stranger Things. Um, I think it's really cool. Uh, second season, bit iffy. But the third, I love the third season. It's really funny and um, cool. So yeah, that's my vote. Uh, I'm now... Okay, am I the only person here who's seen both of these shows? No, Finney must have watched both of them, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Finney, have you seen either? Do you know, Finney, do you know what science fiction is? Have you seen, <laughs> have you seen television? Do you know what telly is? <laughs> telly. It's, it's the, the box, the window of the picture box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, okay, so I have seen both of them. And I really like Dollhouse because it's I, I think it's a it, it's it's kind of a mature science fiction show in its own way it did some really interesting things at the time about um uh, I, what what identity means and um who we are who we are truly in ourselves and there's sort of philosophical uh, investigations there about um consciousness and reality and uh, all that fun stuff um, it, there was only two seasons. The end of the second season uh, really, really kind of shot off on a tangent. Um, and uh, they it seemed pretty clear that they had to ram a lot of story into a, a fairly compressed space in order to, to wrap it up. Uh, I really like it. I, I, I feel like I want to vote for Stranger Things, although Dollhouse probably had more of an impact. I'll, I'm going to say Stranger Things, because Do Dollhouse, it, it, it was Eliza Dushku, as beautiful as she is, is not the strongest. Agreed. Kind of, um, you know, p pivotal actor, lead actor. The, incidentally, uh, I, I maintain that the the supporting cast of Dollhouse are fantastic and um, offer much, by and large, a better quality of um, of drama and performance than uh, than than Eliza Dushku does. Although she does fine. I mean, she's she's fine. She's okay, but she's not great. That's that's my view. Um, but Stranger Things is 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 a is a, a bigger, better realized show. So okay. Stranger Things. Rich, Rich, you've got the uh, you've got the casting vote here. Do you? Yeah, and, uh, and yes. or... so unfortunately, I haven't seen Dollhouse either. Um, but I do actually really like Stranger Things and have watched all of it. Um, just a really good show. I love the retro aesthetic. I love trying to mm -hmm. spot all the retro things that have been placed. Some people have said that's a bit gimmicky, but I don't know. I think it just helps lift it above. You know, there are there are other shows that are paranormal and quite interesting, which that is anyway. And I think the retro bit just really just makes it an enjoyable watch. I'm not saying it's groundbreaking television, but it's just really, really enjoyable. So, yeah, it's uh, Stranger Things for me. Stranger Things it goes is. through. We need a sound effect. Like a big World Cup crowd cheering. Yeah, maybe you should tell the editor about that idea, Jason. <laughs> uh, he's dead. <laughs> the dead editor. He's dead, Jim. Ed, Ed is dead, Dave. Ed is dead. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm not sure the editor can be asked, to be honest. Great, good talk. Yeah. <laughs> <Love> the enthusiasm. <laughs> right, what's next? Okay, next match is Sliders versus Star Trek Discovery. Just checking, we're talking about Sliders, the TV show, not the uh, tiny burgers that come on long plates. I think they'd still get have a good shot against Star Trek Discovery, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial, Gary. 
Uh, <laughs> everybody looked at the linesman. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. No one likes Star Trek Discovery on this podcast. <laughs> well, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend Star Trek Discovery because... Um, Good luck. Because I'm, a, I'm about to kind of... I'm, I'm going to defend it quickly because I'm about to vote against it. Um, but I'm not voting against it because I'm one of these. Oh, I hate Star Trek. It's Discovery. like applauding a goalkeeper before you shoot a yeah, ball yeah. past his head. Um, I, I just think Star Trek Discovery has not quite yet found its groove as it should have done. It should have done season three, <laughs> three seasons in, and it hasn't got a fucking yeah, clue what it's exactly. doing. Yeah, good one. This season three should have been the moment where it all clicked, and I'm just still so upset that it didn't click as it was supposed to. It's still. I, I will still watch it and I will still enjoy elements of it. Um, but Sliders, I think um, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't groundbreaking as a TV show. It was uh, it was your typical kind of ensemble in a um, in a slightly sort of sci-fi sort of strange world of the week kind of thing. But I really enjoyed Sliders when I haven't seen it for many, many years and I'd love to see it again. So Sliders for me. Sorry, Star Trek Discovery. Okay. I'm not sorry. Sliders, not Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek. Dis- <laughs> I haven't even bothered watching the last two episodes of season three, and I probably never will. I'm not. I'm. Qu- I'm. I think I'm quite odd in that. I, that's happened to me a few times. I've. I, I will make it a long way through a TV series, and then if I get to that point where I just realise, no, this is this is a waste of my my attention, and I will. And I, and I don't care that I never see the last two episodes of season three. Don't care. And that's a pretty damning indictment of a show. Mm. For me, sliders I remember enjoying when I was a teenager. John Rhys Davis saying, "Mr. Mallory." Um, <laughs> yes, that's that's all. That's all I need to beat Star yeah. Trek Discovery in this competition. Um, I haven't seen Sliders. Um, oh, I made it. I made a note of the synopsis of the show. It's just wormholes to slide between parallel universes, and that already has engaged me more than the entire season three of Star Trek Discovery <laughs> ever has. Um, I'm going to vote Sliders, even though I've never seen it, based purely on. A lot of the, just fucking Michael Burnham shitting over Saru's uh, <laughs> attempt to making a like Picard goes engage and he's trying to get up his own little line and Burnham shits all over it saying oh that's crap you know kind of smirks and goes no we can't use that or maybe keep trying and then the end of the fucking show the end of the series she comes up with let's fly <laughs> let's but, fly oh, you fools it made me so angry if I'd have been on a plane and watching on a plane I'd have still got up and walked out <laughs> um, so you'd have you'd have you'd have hit the emergency release button and you just walked out of the yeah. out of the yeah. plane. Five thousand feet. He'd have elbowed the, the window and been sucked through it like the space Michael Jackson. Oh, I'd, I'd, have opened, I'd, have, I'd have opened the big door and gone from angry and walking to going about seven hundred miles an hour in an instant and dead. But I'd be probably happy with that. So yeah, I'm voting sliders. Well, Finny. Um... It does does Discovery get a um, consolation goal or is it a clean sweep? Um Well, I haven't seen Sliders, um, oh. but I don't particularly like Spiders. <laughs> sliders <laughs> sounds like Spiders, so I'm going to vote for Discovery. Well, um, your your vote was meaningless. Discovery. Uh, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> seen most of a season of Discovery, and I'm not that sure whether i'll watch any more of it but i don't really get the hate about it either but yeah you will if you watch season three i mean to be fair i like season two of discovery i think it's probably its best strongest series even though the klingons i kind of like what they tried to do with the klingons in series season one but uh and then yes whatever they did in season two season three just i mean season two had some good character developments like with tilly and that but season three just reset everything to awful so sliders is the victor in that particular matchup? Good riddance, oh. Star Trek Discovery. What's next? 
The next match is Stargate SG-1 versus Doctor Whom. Or Doctor Who. Doctor Whom. <laughs> SG-1, there's my vote. That's, that's the posh HBO version. Doctor Whom. <laughs> Doctor, <Hume. laughs> um, Doctor Who was great when I was a kid. Um, it's also, sorry, it's... I mentioned it when we did the initial draw. It Stargate SG One is the longest consecutive sci-fi series, and mm. against Doctor Who, which is the longest running sci-fi series. Yeah, so heavyweights of the genre. Two giants. Yeah, um, SG One is really good. Uh, Doctor Who. I liked the Sylvester McCoy series when I was a kid. Um, I don't know whether I enjoyed because of that or because if I fancied uh, Ace, his sidekick, for <laughs> her. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that was it. Uh, every every single episode of or minute of Doctor Who I've watched since then has just been turgid UK sci-fi shit. <laughs> it's pretty bad, isn't it? I've yeah. I've never I, I've tried yeah. I've tried to watch uh, quote unquote new Doctor Who at various points, mm-hmm. uh, and I've always found it quite boring and yeah. uninspiring. Uh, and uninnovative. So that's all I have to say about Doctor Who. I don't really care. I, 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 I like Jason. I mean, Tom Baker was the first Doctor who, who I really loved, and I think thought and still think he's mm. he's a marvelous performer. And the, but new, the sort of the the more the more recent doc, series, seasons of Doctor Who seem to like they seem to want to draw upon that kind of whimsy of the. The, the cheap sets and the and the, the the slightly naff elements of BBC productions past, whilst also putting this sort of patina of gloss over it to make it look yeah. look and feel modern, um, which looks uh, cheap in a in in a, in a, 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 a usually cheap SFX uh, visual effects kind of way, and it just it doesn't work for me. It's just it's just sad. Mm-hmm. Whereas Stargate SG One is uh, a, a fabulous show. That, yeah. that went from strength to strength, and such a, such a weird idea for for a show that would last that long as well. Although take a <laughs> a Roland Emmerich uh, <laughs> sci-fi explosion movie and turn it into that. And I remember when I first watched Stargate, uh, thinking this is this is kind of odd. And like Richard Dean Anderson is is nothing like the uh, the O'Neill from the movie. Really, he's no. he's totally he's just totally decided to do it his own way. Uh, and it, but it just works, doesn't it? It works so well as an ensemble show. It was, it was the Star Trek of its day, I think. Yeah, that's good. Rich, what, uh, what are you pumping for? Here? Um, <laughs> can you see that? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, I no, Stargate has passed me by, so I'm going to have to vote for Doctor Who, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I agree with Tom on the on the new when whenever they restarted. Doctor Who in like was it two thousand and seven or two thousand and three? There's like this, there are like yeah. two Doctor Who main two thousand four. I, I like the older stuff too. for a couple of reasons. I like the sort of some of the kookiness of it, some of the sort of folk horror, horror elements that are in it. Um, I mean, you can't watch it now and, and think, "Wow, this is this is cutting edge stuff," because it it was it isn't. Um, but I think it would be a shame to, to lose it. I'd like I'd like it to go through as a as a British uh, production. Um, and yeah, so so Doctor Who for me. Okay, Tom, did you uh, you voted for Stargate? I presume. So yes, Stargate. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I've got to say, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed the first like the, the black and white Doctor Who series. They were quite scary when I first saw the Cybermen and the Daleks. I was 
I thought they were really cool concepts. Oh, but it's just turned into an absolute debacle for me ever since then. I mean, I've, I've mentioned it before. I, I tried to watch an episode. It's not a recent episode. It's probably in the early 2000s. And they introduced the last surviving human being on Earth as just a piece of skin in a portrait with a mouth. And it's like, what the fuck is going on with this? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've, I, I mean, I've read a lot recently. I, I, I understand that the latest series of Doctor Who has probably got some of the worst viewing figures of any Doctor Who series ever. Um, it's divided the fan base. And, and for me, Stargate SG-1 is one of my most favourite sci-fi TV shows. Richard Dean Anderson's portrayal as Jack O'Neill is probably one of my favourite sci-fi characters of all time. Um, yeah, so I'm voting SG-1. Oh, cool. I think it's probably fair to say, in in Doctor Who's defence, uh, and and it's uh, uh, hit the hit the table. That was stupid. In Doctor Who's defence, we can all acknowledge what an important show Doctor Who is, uh, and uh, how great uh, it it has been in various forms. And no disrespect to anybody who does enjoy uh, new or newer Doctor Who, but Who- I, I think for this Whovians, I think for this particular group of people on this podcast, Stargate SG One was gonna beat a lot of contenders um shows that are probably better and more exciting than doctor who so it's, it's we're, we're being nice about it but f- f- for this group stargate sg1 every time yeah every time yeah the daleks the daleks have always been and will always remain really fucking cool sure unless they're confronted with the horror of the stairs, the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> i mean they would be one of the worst not bad guys uh to borders star trek starship just because they don't have stairs in those and they would be in their element so that's true yeah 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 turbo um, lifts are a gift for them yeah yeah, yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember that um that conversation you had about the xenomorph uh sorry was it the predator versus uh council of troy yeah yeah how about a dalek versus council of troy there we go well there's a whole whole episode yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a new episode. I know. I mean, it would, it would, it would start and end like this. Cancer Troy would sense a, uh, a presence. I she sense then sense, she'd sense negative feelings towards her, and then she'd hear the phrase "exterminate," and then she'd be dead. She'd I sense exterminate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's move on. Right. Uh, so that's Stargate SG One through. Next matchup is Space Nineteen Ninety Nine versus Almost Human. Um, I'll start because I, I know very little about about either of these. Um, I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't S- seen such a white man approach. I don't know anything <laughs> about this subject, so let me go first. <laughs> so uh, um, I haven't seen any. I don't. I literally know nothing about Almost Human apart from that's something that people shout at me in the street. Um, <laughs> Space nineteen ninety nine. Um, it's a show that I've always wanted to see. I, isn't it Jerry Anderson production? Has uh, he, has he so, got yeah. involved in it? In the model yeah. side of it, even though there's live action, was, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's something that's been on like my secondhand DVD kind of obtain list for ages. So I'm just going to vote Space 1999 for the aesthetic. Ooh. It was quite cool. Um, in a campy, like when I was a kid, I saw it. Um, growing up on things like Thunderbirds and um, Captain Scarlet, and then to see you know real life people in a Jerry Anderson production as well was quite cool. Um, but I, I've only seen, I haven't finished Almost Human. Um, and obviously I'm watching it from Tom having recommended it. Um, and although I, I'm not sure that I get quite as much of a boner over Almost Human as you two, I think it's... What? 
who the fuck even are you? <laughs> it's good, but it, it it feels a little bit kind of um, it's got that kind of style of like a CSI or an NCIS show. I would which expect I yes, nothing exactly. more of a Iron Man three fan. Yeah, join me. And I don't think it's groundbreaking in any way. I just, I, just, I think the show rests on the on the interplay between the two lead characters, and I think that that's it's the excellent that's interplay fun. and, and yeah. the making the, the combining of a kind of a, a a strong cyberpunk aesthetic with a procedural cop show. Yeah, it's not yeah. it it's not groundbreaking in that way. But look at it this way: look at how great the chemistry was between those two actors. How cool some of those stories were conceptually in that sort of cyberpunk sci-fi yeah. genre. And imagine if they'd actually let that show run. Yeah. Then you've got I, a real I, contender on your hands for a... Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm voting for Almost Human because it's better <laughs> than Space 1999. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, I so after I, all that, you're not voting for Space 1999? No, no, I'm not voting for Space 1999. But I'm just, I'm just trying to make clear that I, I think almost... Uh, I think I need to watch more of it. Is probably it. I need to watch more of it. Well, there's not that much to watch, so yeah, exactly. it shouldn't be too big a burden. <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly, I'm going to vote. I mean, I again, I haven't seen Space 1999 since I was a kid, so I can't really remember much about it. But Almost Human, Carl Urban, for me, is really just a must-watch. It's such a great little series. I remember watching Space 1999 uh, as a kid and quite enjoying it, but it was one of those things where... I quite enjoyed it because there wasn't better sci-fi on. The, the the premise of it, and I remember thinking this as a kid, hang on, this premise is a bit shit. If there was an explosion and the moon got uh, shunted out of Earth's yeah. orbit and sent spinning off into space, it would just get really cold and everybody on it would die. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> that's the story. So it's not, it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not. A fabulous, a fabulous show. I don't think. Although I did always enjoy Martin Landau in most things he appeared in, as one of those so um, sci-fi actors from the seventies. But no, obviously, I'm picking on this human. Cool. Boom. Boom. Okay, the next one: Altered Carbon versus The Expanse. <laughs> I'll go first here because I'm going to defend Altered Carbon a bit, uh, and I hit, I emphasise a bit. Um, the first season of Altered Carbon, really cool, I found, really engaging. Um, a new sort of idea about how they, you know, a new plot line of how they, you know, people achieve immortality with downloading themselves onto computer disks and stuff. Um, some really cool plots, some really cool effects. Um, season two, when they bring in Anthony Mackie to replace the guy from the first one, does detract from it, I think, because I think he i mean i've seen obviously him in the marvel films and him in a couple of tv shows i've watched he's basically the same person in everything he plays um but then again in season two you've got the chap who plays uh poe the ai is just one of the best bits of acting i've seen in recent memory on a sci-fi show um but that being said, it's up against one of the best pieces of science fiction I think that's ever been written as a TV show. So I'm going to vote for The Expanse. Yeah. <clears throat> I think um, when, when The Expanse is up against something like Altered Carbon, uh, which I've never seen, um, but I've heard mixed things about, um, I, I don't think there's really any particular um, matchup there is. I think we know what's going to win. 
the expanse is going to get really difficult when it gets a bit further and it's up against something like for me tng or mandalorian or ds9 or something like that then it's going to get really fucking tricky but for now it's not the expanse okay alter carbon alter carbon as daisy said first series was really cool second series i tried to watch it and got a bit distracted uh and found it yeah it lost my interest very quickly the expanse is possibly the best sci-fi tv show um that has ever been in my opinion so obviously the expanse goes through to the next round boom boom <laughs> rich your 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 opinion is meaningless but it's, it it's meaningless and I, and i and i literally have n- nothing in this game having ne- seen neither of them so what? uh what so this this is a coin <laughs> uh, heads is the expanse and uh yes so the expanse yeah. <laughs> i know as much about them as if um arsenal united were playing at manchester football club um, so i'd like, to, I'd like you, to take this moment to celebrate the fact that for the second time now finney's forgotten the fact that he has watched the some of the expanse with me in his house yeah. in my defense <laughs> well, i was drunk <laughs> this is true um, um yeah, I can't believe you've not watched Expanse through, Vinny. You know, add it, add it to your list. It's on there. Cool. Uh, what's the next one then? Altered Carbon turned into hydrogen dust as it is exploded by the uh, torpedo hits from the Rossinante. The Expanse wins. Boom. Pizza. <laughs> Pizza. Uh, the next one is Lost in Space, the most recent. Uh, mm-hmm. TV show up against Falling Skies, the Noah Wild. Sorry, I'm just going to have to plug my phone in. Oh no, buzzy noise. Um, yeah, I've not seen either of these, so uh, tricky one. Um, I've always wanted to watch Lost in Space. I like the original campy one was quite fun, um, but. Yeah, uh, Falling Skies. I no, I'm lying. I have seen a bit of Falling Skies. I watched an episode, and that was it. <laughs> I don't know whether that tells you anything. So, by virtue of the fact that I've watched an episode of Falling Skies and I haven't watched any more, and I've never seen any of Lost in Space, I'm going for Lost in Space. There you go. Welcome to my thought process. You're going to Lost in Space. Yes. Okay, <laughs> Finny. Well, let's give you a vote while they, while they still matter. i have watched um a couple of seasons falling skies and got got quite into it just as a don't know i was never never sort of running to the tv to to watch but it was just a a sort of i think i I think i binged it one christmas did about two seasons enjoyed what i saw um haven't seen the other one i'm going for one skies okay one piece Uh, i I mean, I've discussed Lost in Space before on this podcast. I really enjoy half of Lost in Space. Um, I think the effects and the CGI and everything they use works really well. I think some of the shots they do are phenomenal. Um, the musical score is really good. Um, but it, the, sort of the character interaction pisses me off on a massive level on, in that show. So um, I've seen the first four series of Falling Skies. Um, it's a you know, first two seasons are a bit low budget, not the greatest, but it does get really good. So I'm going to go Falling Skies. Okay. Oh my, Tom. 
I think I've seen Falling Skies, uh, but I haven't seen much of it because it didn't really hold my attention. It felt like another show where, um, as Daisy said, low budget. Uh, they tried to make an exciting sci-fi alien show by having some cast members wearing um, post-apocalyptic, slightly tatty gear and off-the-shelf weapons, probably wandering around a forest shot in Canada. Um, oh, locations, Ontario, Toronto, Ontario, Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, I, I was just, um, uh, that was off the cuff, but no, they did shoot it in a forest in Canada, not unlike uh, so many other shows. In fairness, I guess Stargate is one of those, so that's not really a, a particularly niche criticism. <laughs> but it, 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 there's nothing exciting happens in Falling Skies. Uh, Lost in Space, uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, I did, I suppose, I did binge watch it because it was it's a Netflix show, isn't it? And I and I, mm-hmm. I binged it each season hard when they came out. But it's, I think, it's a way more engaging show. Um, I think it's, I, I really like the 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 the, the character of the. Evil Doctor. I can't remember the name of the lady who plays her now, but I thought she was great. And um, it's just a it, it's a much better quality show. So lots lost in space. Oh wow! That's our, first, our, that's our first draw of the year. first space penalty shootout. Yeah, so that's going to go through to our Facebook group. Um, oh, space penalties! Space penalties. Lost in space. Two falling skies. Two. <laughs> okay, uh, now the last matchup in this little in the first half is going to be the X Files versus Sequest DSV. <laughs> <laughs> Think of other analogies for DSV other than deep space, uh, deep space, uh, deep sea vehicle. Don't send virgins. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins shouldn't vote. <laughs> Dime store Velociraptor. <laughs> It's cheap, it's glory. <laughs> That'd be a much more interesting show, though, if they'd had a talking velociraptor that when, when they threw it in the moon, moon pool to go swimming, it just drowned and died. And they'd be like, oh. <laughs> now, in, in defence, obviously, I think we know what's going to win. But in defense of, um, <laughs> no. it was, the, the first season was fun, and it literally was Star Trek underwater, wasn't it? Um, and then it went yeah. really weird really quickly. <clears throat> kind of. didn't, didn't this have Roy... Shider, Roy Schneider, Schneider, yep. Schneider, in it. Schneider, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I was confused. One I shot, always thought Joe. it was a continuation of Jaws when I was when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> really, really confused by it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed that first season as a kid. Uh, I I wouldn't probably watch it now. Um, I'm not sure how it would hold up. But, it yeah. it really was a, a, an underwater copy of TNG, wasn't it? It yeah. had this kind of kind of strong central. Um, uh, older uh, actor, mm-hmm. uh, a um, sort of quite quite hot uh, doctor character, Stephanie Beecham. Uh, yes. Yeah. And and they had a little flirtation between them, didn't they? Just yeah. like Picard and Beverly. <laughs> they had an annoying, uh, a slightly annoying kid who turned out to be yeah. integral to a number of episodes for no yeah. clear reason. Yeah, underwater Wesley. Underwater Wesley. <laughs> Shot up underwater Wesley. <laughs> Drown underwater was it? Um, I will say this though: the talking dolphin was very cool in season yeah, three, cool. and it and it did spawn um, scientific uh, experiments into the intercommunications between dolphins and humans. So it was actually it was very strongly grounded in science. If you remember, I was hoping yeah. one of you guys would actually fall for that. No, that I was actually lying no. about what I just said. No, but there was. 
if I just ignored you. Um, at the end of each episode, they would have um, Professor Bob Ballard on to uh, to explain the science behind that particular episode and oh, yeah. why. Hi, I'm totally... Bob Ballard from oh, the Oceanographic oh, Institute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, oh, really yeah. and um, my my dad used to work on Lake and Heath Air Base, and um, they did a kind of. I ocean... used to work on sequence. And um, it was like he he joined live via satellite link at this uh, Q and A thing that we had tickets to go and see, and uh, answered one of my questions. So I got to talk to Dr. Bob Ballard. What did you ask, Dr. Bob Ballard? Can dolphins uh, talk? Did you ask? Cannot him? remember at all. Can, I think can dolphins look up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, scratch? Said, What's it like working working with underwater Wesley? Um, yeah, I can't remember what I asked, um, but it was quite cool. Uh, but obviously, I'm voting for the X-Files because of fucking course I am. X-Files is... It doesn't really need dissecting, does it, really? No. I mean, this is probably the most one-sided matchup in the entire first <laughs> round, I think. Again, yeah, I mean, I I remember enjoying Sequest as, as, when I was younger. The Talking Dolphin was really cool. Um, but X-Files has got some of the... Sing, some of the best single-episode sci-fi in... All of TV, yeah. Them, yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So I'm voting X Files, unsurprisingly, because it's one of the best shows. Yeah. If you pick I out the surprised. non the non storyline X Files episodes, yeah. It's just some I mean, stuff. yeah. I mean, for me, for me, before they did the recent series and a lot from the last couple of years, I think the the plot that they introduced over the last couple of series was fucking weird and baffling. But the yeah, the singular stories are some of the best bits of sci fi. Actually, though, those two odd newer series that is it a 10 and a, i think it's 10 and 11 there are a couple of standalone episodes in there which are actually pretty good so if you've dismissed the x-files because it's you think it's too long in the tooth which it clearly is just just google some reviews for some of those episodes from series 10 and 11 there's some, some are comical some of them are just surreal um but that i think there's a couple that are worth a watch mm. yeah forget about the whole storyline bit it's just forget that side of it Cool. Yeah, X Files, hundred <laughs> percent. Love it. It's all been said. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's, a, that's a fairly com- I want to believe. I do believe. I believe it's going through to the next round. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that is the end of the first half of the first round of the Sci-Fi World Cup. Just, uh, just one, uh, one of those competitions went to a penalty shootout that you, the audience uh, on Facebook, will have to decide. Space penalties. That's uh, space penalties. Lost in space versus falling skies. Please pick lost in space. Uh, and <laughs> uh, all the rest. You're not allowed to do that. I just did. Deal with it. Jesus. Ball tampering. Deal with it, Bruce Willis. Suck it up. Uh, <laughs> no other huge surprises there. No great upsets. Uh, although uh, I'm very sad that Stargate Atlantis has gone out already. Personally, I think that's, uh, that's very sad. Uh, next next episode we will have the second half of round one of the World Cup uh, featuring such fabulous matchups as Picard versus Westworld uh, Star Trek 9 versus Quantum Leap uh, Buck Rogers versus Black Mirror which in my head uh, conjures up an idea for a very exciting black exploitation sci-fi Black Rogers to me that show (laughs) writes itself (laughs) bitty 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 motherfucker And we'll also find out who wins in the Titanic clash of Babylon 5 versus Firefly. Don't make me choose! Everybody's very upset by that. I'm sure it's going to make for some great podcast radio. So thank you very much to Daisy. Thank you very much to me. Thank you very much to Jason and Rich. 
Uh, Jason, uh, do you want to give the listeners at home a little bit of a nudge as to where they can hear, uh, hear the podcast, support the podcast, and so on and so on? Those social you know what, media Tom? type things? I think I do. Excellent. Listeners, social media, Facebook, the podkinders, but. <clears throat> The Podguiders. Yep. So glad I queued you up uh, for yeah. <laughs> social media, Facebook, the podcaster's guide to the galaxy. Why do we choose a name that's so fucking hard to say? Yeah. Why, why don't you say the abbreviation? Because that's easier. Yeah. Yeah. TGTTG. And on the Instagrams at Podguide Galaxy, also on Twitter, but you know, Twitter, whatever. Please uh, look out for us on all of your favorite podcasting places. We are on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, all of the other, Podbean, whatever. Um, and if you're on Apple as well, you can rate us and uh, please uh, just tell us what you think and get in touch and all that kind of thing. Boom. Do review and rate us if you can, uh, where you can, because that sort of thing really helps with uh, yeah. podcast listings. So I've it heard. So I've been told by people who know more than me. And yeah, in the half a book I read about podcasting books. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, thank you to Saul Burton for coming on to the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. His question Saul, was cool. fantastic. The show. Made me relive my undying hatred for Neelix. So thanks for that, Saul. <laughs> <laughs> really, really enjoyed that burst of hazardous <laughs> really, testosterone. Really enjoyed plunging myself into a pool of lava. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and on that note, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. May the force be with you and don't have nightmares. Sci-fi, sci-fi, crime watch. That's a good enough outro, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it'll do. Yeah.